G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman Legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to a legend in Christian media, Carl Faze. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, thanks, Matt. It's great to be on History Makers with you today. Now, I've been a big fan of yours for many years, watching your TV series and hearing you on the radio and seeing you do all your travelling around the world. We're going to get to that soon, but let's mm. start out with a bit of your story. Whereabouts were you born and raised? Well, I was born, uh, for those uh, in the regional areas, I was born in Gunnedah, northwest New South Wales, and my first seven years were on a farm just outside Tambar Springs. So, uh, regional country background. So, you know, I'm a Tamworth boy. We're, we're basic, basically neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, I moved from Gunnedah, I moved from Tambar Springs when I was seven up to Armidale, so passed through Tamworth on the way to Armidale, and I grew up most of my kind of teenage high school years in Armidale. Well, there you go. My parents went to university at Armidale, so we're probably related, mate, you know. Could be, could be. <laughs> and tell us a bit about your upbringing. Did you have a religious upbringing? Yeah, it was a very interesting story, Matt. My, my dad is German. He came out and left Germany when he was in his mid-20s, didn't want to ever go back, and so has never gone back. Um, came with no kind of faith, religious background. Married my mum, who's, you know, Australian, whatever that means, um, several generation Australian, and uh, she had a, a, an Anglican background. So... The intriguing thing is that when they, my dad went off to work, he was sponsored out to Australia uh, to work on a farm just outside Tambar Springs. And because my mum had an Anglican church background, she went to the local Church of England church and took my dad along. Well, when I was two years old, my dad decided to make a decision to follow Jesus. And, and Matt, it's quite a remarkable story because my understanding of that church, I think it's St. Mark's in Tambar Springs, the young guy that went to be the uh, pastor there, the minister, the Anglican minister, was the first evangelical that that church has probably ever had. Mm. And, uh, and so he preached the gospel, and my dad came to faith, which is really significant for me. And then the reason we went to Armidale is because my dad felt that he was called into ministry. He had a background in Germany doing some youth work. And the Anglican Diocese of Armidale asked him to run a children's home. Mm. So at the age of seven, I moved to Armidale. We moved into this great big house where my mum and dad ran a children's home till I left home with like 18, a revolving door of 18 other children over that period of time. So challenging, wonderful and interesting way to grow up. And was there a point of conversion for you or you, you just kind of gradually grew up in the faith? Yeah, no, there was a point when I was, when I was on uh, 11, uh, we are at the Central Coast on holidays around Christmas, uh, Alan Walker, apparently, mum tells me later, I, didn't, I can't remember at the time, was running a, 
a mission and uh, he asked people to come forward and uh, at first I was looking around thinking you need look like you need help you should go forward to people sitting around me <laughs> and then just felt this um, uh, the, the work of God the spirit of God on my heart even as an 11 year old said no this is your time so I walked forward and it's um, it, it hasn't been a perfect journey journey but it's certainly been uh, that's that was the starting point for me and what did you do after school did you study for a bit well, or go straight into work I mean, I, I, it was funny, actually, if you look at my schooling, my, you know, I basically hailed, failed the HSC, um, <laughs> miserable student, um, and then worked in a bank for two years. So I got a job in a bank in Lithgow, west of Sydney, and, uh, and then after really unsure what I was going to do, long story around all of that, but then felt, you know, I wanted to potentially do what my parents had done in working with kids and got into a course in Newcastle. So I did a two-year associate diploma in social welfare in Newcastle with CAE, which doesn't exist anymore. But um, but it, during that two years in Newcastle, going to started going to a Baptist church and really felt a call of God that I should go into a Christian environment and do youth ministry in a Christian environment. So I, I applied. My dad actually saw a job for a youth worker, and you can believe this, in a uniting church in Sydney. I applied. They gave me the job at the time, I thought, Matt. Well, that was a wise choice for them to give me a job. I look back now and think, what were they thinking? (laughs) I was 21. I had no ministry background, no experience. I'd done a a social diploma in social welfare. Like... But that was that gave me the job. It's a, it was a great uniting church, evangelical uniting church, a wonderful minister, and they were three great years. And in that period of time, um, two things happened. One, uh, best choice of my my life. I married my wife Jane. She was from that church, mm-hmm. and there was this there was a call into ministry and and to long term full time ministry. And so we explored that call and decided that we would join to, to go to a Baptist college. And from there, it sort of moved into leadership and ministry within the Baptist context. And I remember you have had many years at uh, Gaimea Baptist. W- were you at any yeah. other Baptist before that? Or? Yeah, yeah. So after that, I was actually, at, while I was at college, I did Mauling College, the, the Baptist College here in Sydney, and I actually worked at Hornsby Baptist, which is in the north, north part of Sydney, and I did that while I was doing college. And then at the end of my college, a fabulous church in Melbourne asked if I would go to Melbourne, so we moved to Melbourne with a very young family and um, and uh, worked with Bill Brown. Um, some people would know Bill Brown. He was the senior minister of, of Sindel Baptist Church for 30-odd years, five wonderful years with our family working with Bill Brown there in, in uh, the eastern suburbs of uh, Melbourne, just kind of Glen Waverley, Mount Waverley area. It was a great experience. And then we just felt it was, it was under the God that it was right to come back to Sydney I came back to start work at Guy Mir, and then after two years, um, as the associate, became the senior pastor. And, you know, 20 wonderful years at, at Guy Mir Baptist Church. Well, you know, you don't hear of many pastors lasting 20 years in the one church. Uh, it is a, a great legacy that you've certainly left there. And I think that's when I first heard about you. I, I remember uh, hearing about this guy, Carl Faze, and you were connected to the CTA, the Christian Television Association, mm. uh, doing some TV work uh, during those years. Tell us a bit about how you started to feel the call into media. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Bill's, Bill Brown, as I told you about, the pastor of, 
of Cinder Lee. He had a wonderful wife that died about uh, probably eight to ten years ago. And just before I left, we were chatting and she said, you know, Carl, I think you should go into doing some media. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea, but that's never going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) So I moved back to Sydney. And when I moved back to Sydney, one of the guys who was part of the church, very well known in Christian media circles, um, many of your listeners won't know him, but Martin Johnson was a part of the Christian Television Association. And in New South Wales, they were looking for a, a new host for a show that they were doing. So he talked to me and said, would you like to host this show? And I'm like, sure. How hard can it be? <laughs> that was my inauspicious start in, in Christian media. So I hosted the show. It was, it's actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> and really, it's just, it, man, in a, under, under God, in quite remarkable ways, it's just grown and morphed and changed um, ever since. And what was that first show? Well, it was... Um, that first show, oh gosh, what was it called? <laughs> it was it was a great show, incredibly memorable, and um, and it's, it's it's lost left my mind. Was right it now. face it was to actually, face? Was it called no, face? No, no, it was, no. It was before that. There was actually a couple of shows even before that. Right. That, okay. Um, and uh, it's, it was back in the time, without being tedious and boring, your your, list, your listeners. Uh, the, the Christian channels, sorry, the channels, the main channels, Channel Nine, Channel Ten, and Channel Seven around Australia actually gave statutory time yeah. for religious uh, religious broadcasting. And so, you know, they gave, um, they would, you know, there would be several shows scattered across the week, often late at night, and um, they would not only give the time for those shows, they would actually give studio time. So mm. you would turn up to the studio for a whole day, make four shows, and, and while you were doing it, they would they would provide the studio, provide the staff, provide the crew everything and so it was quite remarkable the, the reason it changed people tend to think oh that's you know the secularization of the nation it, it wasn't actually it was more the commercialization of television they all got sold to, to uh, venture capitalists and uh, they all were losing money yeah and yeah. Uh, they had to make money out of every half an hour so they stopped and uh, so they've stopped doing it and that's why christian television australia or christian television there was one in each state has all disappeared because there's no real reason for them to exist anymore. But it was, you know, wonderful while it existed. And there are still some good uh, shows on commercial TV now. I know that Wesley Mission still does their weekly show with Keith Garner and, um, of course, Hillsong's got a program on there. Yeah, there are some. Some are given some time. Others would be buying time. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's certainly a major shift. I mean, at first it was statutory time. It was it was basically legislated from the government from the government somewhere in the seventies and eighties. That changed to be well, you can do it if you would want to do it. Yeah. And most of the stations, and even I mean, Kerry Packer. For whatever people think of Kerry Packer, he was very supportive yeah. of Christian media, um, allowing it on Channel Nine and being enthusiastic about it. But as I said, as, as they all got sold to venture capitalists, uh, it disappeared. Well, there you go. Well, uh, a little bit of a tie into the story there. I remember meeting Martin Johnson when I was about 18 years old, and yep. I was at Bible College at uh, Phil Pringle's uh, church at Brookvale at the time, at CCC, which is now C3. And I, I told him I wanted to do Christian TV one day because I loved John Dixon on Swordfish, the, the TV show that he produced. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and then I remember seeing you years later on Face to Face and some of the other shows you had been doing. And yep. uh, I remember thinking at the time, uh, I'd love to get into TV, but radio is just so much easier, Carl. You don't have to, you know, put on makeup. You can just, you know, turn on the microphone. It's so much easier, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my, it's a little, Matt, it's a little like, like one of my daughters. I have three kids, and one of my daughters, when she was growing up through high school, thought the school of the air was a great 
job to have as a teacher on the school of the year because you could do it in your pajamas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Television and video is a very interesting environment. It's a very critical environment, um, and in the sense that you know people watching it, it's very hard to do it well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I know the God. You know, I've been able to do it, and that's a, a real, a real blessing, and it's a wonderful opportunity. Well, you know, I've had the privilege of uh, watching a number of your different series that you've done. Um, the uh, Jesus, the Game Changer, is a big one. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Towards Belief or Beyond Belief. Is that the Towards Belief? Yes. Towards Belief. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and is it the Man series? Did you do one called the Man yeah, series? We we did after we. It was kind of after all the CTA things finished. We decided that you know there really wasn't anything for men. So we did a thing called the Men series, which mm-hmm. is um, eleven shows. It was it's filmed in in front of a studio audience. It's a it's an interview show. It's a lot of fun. It's a, in fact, I should we should do another series because it's quite it's a number of years old now. Mm. But that was that was great. And so we did, and then we did one called the Family Series, which was a similar show with a studio audience. So it kind of feels like a live show when you're watching it with an interaction with the, with the studio audience. But um, yeah, great shows. Mm. And then, then we then there was a big shift because we decided that we would you know wanted to do something on apologetics. We wanted to make apologetics as accessible as possible to people. And we realized that we couldn't film it in Australia because there wasn't enough people here to talk about some of the serious and difficult questions that you're trying to deal with in giving a, a response and a defense for Christian faith. So that's why we ended up filming Towards Belief internationally. And that, interestingly, wasn't the plan. I'd love to say it was the plan, Matt, but it was just the way it worked out. That once you'd filmed something internationally, people were interested from an global audience to watch it and that just opened up uh, all sorts of opportunities internationally well it's certainly been impressive and you know the quality is just amazing as well from a production point of view uh, some of the locations you've been in and you know chatting to amazing people like Ravi Zacharias and you know I'm, I'm just thinking of all the the pastors and the historians and the you know incredible uh, uh, guests you've had on your program you've, you've certainly been uh, around the world with this and and it's getting aired on you know the Christian channel in Australia, uh, Hillsong yep. Channel, TBN. Uh, is there any other big networks that you're on yeah, right now? TBN US, TBN um, UK, um, Inspiration TV has had it, had it on. We're just signing a, a, a contract at the moment, actually, for Towards Belief and Jesus the Game Changer 1 with, a, with that group that does the um, uh, broadcasting in the Middle East. And, oh, wow. Uh, we're, we're in across all of those areas as well. So, look, it's, it's just been quite remarkable. In the, la- in the last two years, the big change has been our agreements with TBN US, and uh, they have a massive footprint, and we're, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to work with them. It's wonderful, mate. Yeah, mate, it's been so good to uh, connect with you today. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. 
Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to bibleleague.com.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.